You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining us again here on the Ducks Unlimited podcast. We have another early spring habitat condition report for you, this time from Saskatchewan. Joining me on the phone to deliver that update is Kelly Rimple, Head of Habitat Asset Management, Saskatchewan Provincial Operations for Ducks Unlimited Canada. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Tell our listeners just a bit about uh, about yourself, where you are, what you do for Ducks Unlimited Canada. Well, I'm located in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. That's in West Central part of Saskatchewan. Um, as the head of Habitat Asset Management for the province, my team looks after all of our inventory of our vast inventory of wetland conservation projects. So basically my group, uh, my group that I'm responsible for manages projects from the U S border to the forest and, uh, from Alberta to Manitoba. So the entire province of Saskatchewan where Ducks Unlimited has projects. Um, and I've been working with Ducks Unlimited. I'm in going into my 31st year. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you, you have been around the province many, many times. Are you a native uh, of Saskatchewan? Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are exactly the right person that we need to speak with. You and I have never met, so I really appreciate you joining us here. Um, so, yeah, that's that's fantastic. You are definitely the right guy. Have you been able to get out on the landscape much already this spring? Yeah, it's uh, in my position. I don't get out in the field as much as I used to, but uh, with uh, 
all the social distancing and everything people are going through now. Uh, my weekends, I've been uh, getting out a lot, just uh, as lots of people just to get out of the house from the home office. And uh, But my I get very good updates and lots of photos from my staff that are all over Saskatchewan. So I got a pretty good uh, virtual way of knowing what the conditions are like. But uh, But I have gotten out a lot myself this spring as well. You you touched on my next question. I was going to ask you how many staff you have across the province there to help you with this kind of um, this virtual virtual view of habitat conditions. How many people are we looking at that yeah. that you connect with? Well, well, I have ten direct reports that do that, but we have uh, oh, I don't know what we have for complete field staff, but we'd have probably pushing thirty five or forty uh, total field staff. But ten of those are on my team and. Uh, Basically, yeah, I look after projects from one end to the other, so I get a pretty good feel for where the conditions are good or poor or what the runoff was like this spring. So, Okay. Well, let's get on into the habitat update as we will talk about many, many times. Uh, spring habitat conditions are, are some of the most important aspects of, of the breeding conditions for for waterfowl. They don't necessarily determine the final outcome as we have talked about in, in the past and certainly they do not uh, they are not the sole predictor of hunter success uh, either in Canada or in the states. There are a lot of other things that have to line up with respect to hunting success. So this is just the very first ingredient or perhaps the second ingredient if we thinking about the think about the size of the returning duck population as the first ingredient. The, the second ingredient would be the habitat that's there for them when they return, the condition of that habitat when they return. And then there are a whole other sequence of events that take place throughout the rest of the summer and fall uh, before birds start migrating south and people get to enjoy that resource. Uh, so Saskatchewan is, is if I remember this correctly, its motto is the land of the living skies. It's, it, it truly lives up to that motto. And it is just one of the most important areas, or, or I think I don't even think we can we have to say one of it is the most important area within the prairie pothole region for duck production. It's the key part of that of that duck factory. Is that a fair assessment, Kelly? The way you see it? Yeah, actually, you could go one step further and say it's the key jurisdiction in all of North America, really. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right. As prairie potholes for sure but i mean the prairie pothole region itself is the duck factory for north america and saskatchewan as a province has generally on you know on most years has more breeding pairs than uh, most other jurisdictions so good point uh, well let's talk about what you're seeing with respect to habitat conditions how were we as we came out of the winter and how are habitat conditions pond wetland conditions shaping up uh, this spring for the ducks well, it's kind of uh, a tale of two stories. I mean, Saskatchewan's a pretty big province, so um, we really have, though, a, a, even a probably a more drastic split than normal. Uh, our our southern regions, from roughly speaking, if you took a line straight across from Saskatoon across across the province, for everywhere from there south is is having had had very little snowfall this winter and and subsequently had very little runoff and and already had fairly dry conditions so so the conditions in southern saskatchewan are are below normal there's pockets there's pockets that caught some 
smaller snow events and had some runoff. So there's areas that are better than others, but for the most part, everything south of of that line from Saskatoon south is is below normal, and some areas are fair to poor, and and some would be a little better than that. But the the better news story is everything from Saskatoon north had better moisture conditions in the fall and received very good snowfall, especially late snowfall. We actually had a fairly a late spring, so winter extended, and we had a lot of uh, very good snowfall events, and and so runoff was actually pretty good. You know, probably closer to average, but because we had a fairly uh, a fast warming, it went from being cold to being real warm. So we capitalized on on the moisture that was out there, and uh, yeah, wetland conditions are pretty good. I mean, some areas you could probably describe as good to excellent, even if they if they had a little more snowfall, but, uh, so yeah, things are sort of the, the central, what we would call the central parklands and up into the forest fringe are, are really good conditions and, and should have uh, a really good strong breeding effort versus the Southern prairies will have, uh, more spotty conditions with, uh, probably some, some areas with poor production and, and some with fair to good. So, I want to go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. Uh, one is with respect to sort of the, the way the habitats break down there but, uh, across Saskatchewan as you draw that line across uh, roughly equal to where Saskatoon is. And you kind of alluded to this. I just want to make sure we paint a, a clear picture. As we get north of there, we transition pretty quickly out of the intensively uh, farmed uh, cultivated area into that that parkland prairie parkland region which is more more forested and then eventually it transitioned in, into the boreal forest but then you know south of uh, Saskatoon is where it's intensive agriculture and it's a historical um, historical prairie and uh, typically uh, you correct me if I'm wrong here but typically when conditions are good in that prairie region productivity is is better uh, birds can be more more productive productive. But then north of there into the parklands uh, in the boreal forest, although the conditions are more stable, uh, less variable from year to year, the productivity overall seems to be a little bit lower. So there's a bit of a trade-off there. Is that that hold true? The What we would call the, the prairie parkland and then up into the, the forest fringe has generally has a, a lower nest success. So you need a, a lot more birds on, you know, but the, the saving grace is that it tends to not be as drought prone. So the part of the reason there is trees, there is trees is because it does have more moisture. And part of the you know, reason that the, the prairies are what they are is because they have these drought frequencies. And uh, so, yeah, we're just in a, basically in the, in the prairie eco zones, we're just in a, uh, not a full drought, like not, I mean, it's not like you go down there and not see any wetlands and any breeding ducks. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, I've over my 30 years, I've seen that multiple times where you can hardly find a wetland in Southern Saskatchewan. So it's certainly not that this year, there was a bit of carryover from what we call carryover. So water that's stayed in ponds over the last couple of years where we have better precipitation conditions. So there's there's still a lot of wetlands that even though we didn't get much runoff are still holding plenty of water to to attract some breeding ducks too. So it's not a, a full out uh, dust bowl kind of a spring or something, but uh, it's just not a it's just not a great spring. Sounds like we have decent conditions up in the in the parklands and boreal forest and it gets drier, somewhat similar to last year as Scott Stevens described it. Is that uh, kind of the 
similar characterization in Saskatchewan that, that looks a lot like it did last year? Yeah, I would actually just take it a step further and say it's it's probably even slightly drier in the south and slightly wetter in the north, so, or not the north, but the central. So you you uh, you almost have more um, a more drastic difference even this year than than last year. So now, what about the Allen Hills region that's just east and southeast of Saskatoon? I know that's an area of exceptionally high wetland density. I've actually done some some of my master's research was conducted in Allen Hills. I know Ducks Unlimited Canada has some uh, some major habitat investments in that in that particular area. How is it shaping up in terms of water conditions? Well, it did have very little snow, so runoff was what I, I would have to call poor to, or fair to poor at best, but. There was actually pretty good carryover in the Allen Hills. It's had really good water the last five years, and a lot of that carryover on those ponds. Your semi-permanents are in pretty decent shape because of carryover, because, of course, they're the ones that, that hold you know water that freezes over the winter and basically thaws, and is, you don't need much or you don't need necessarily any runoff to attract birds to those ponds if they're carried over from the, from the fall. So, so there was good carryover. Um, I'm getting reports of really good numbers of canvasbacks. Of course, that makes sense if the prairies are dry. So where you do have semi-permanent wetlands where, you know, divers are, are more attracted to those kind of wetlands with emergent vegetation and whatnot. Um, and even my guys down there are even saying there was a few temporary or seasonal wetlands that did have just enough snow to, to fill up enough to attract some birds. So it's definitely uh, the degree of the dryness kind of goes south towards the North Dakota, Montana border. So, so it's a little better south of Saskatoon. And then as you get south of Regina, it gets worse. So it's kind of, it's basically, even though I said it's a pretty drastic line, it's still gradiently kind of drier as you go south. So, You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're, conservationists. we're conservationists with the next, generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 
Any other notable observations with respect to duck numbers? I do, knowing that the Dakotas are going to be exceptionally wet. I'm not sure about Montana yet. I need to get on the phone with somebody about that. But uh, I imagine a lot of the uh, prairie nesting species are going to be stopped in or will stop in North Dakota and South Dakota to take advantage of the exceptional conditions there. So uh, it will probably, if we had the survey, if we had the breeding population survey, we'd probably see this larger number of ducks south of the border and fewer number of ducks north of the border, at least proportionally speaking. Yep. Um, but any any noteworthy observations with respect to duck numbers, numbers or uh, species distributions for the province? Um, well, I think as far as uh, anecdotally seeing more higher numbers, it seems to be the divers that we're seeing. But of course, you know, the big loser species when you have dry on the grassland prairies here is pintails and you know they don't they don't tend to just pop up into the parklands or boreal fringe unfortunately if they don't have conditions on the short grass prairie kind of habitat then they oftentimes will take off all the way to Alaska or or maybe try to skip over to Alberta or something like that so the species that seem like we're seeing more of I, I mean not that anybody's probably <laughs> I'm going to really take a species nobody probably cares I'm saying anything about, but there has been a lot of staff saying, wow, the coots are back this year, which last <laughs> year was some kind of, yeah, I know. It's like, all right, there's coots. But it was weird because last year, all you heard was people in Saskatchewan saying, where are the coots? And so something interesting happening there where people are seeing lots of coots, including just my own anecdotal uh, cruising around a lot of marshes to and all of a sudden going, man, they are back. So I, I don't know what the, I don't have an answer for that. But um, yeah, and as far as migration goes, it was late because we were, I mentioned we had a late winter. So uh, so birds were back late. Arctic geese only left here. Um, well, there's still a few trickles of snow geese and white fronts around, but it, they really kind of bust out here uh Last weekend and, and last week, I guess, uh, there's a lot of, uh, which which is about normal, I guess. So I guess really the, the Arctic East just staged on at least the Saskatchewan Prairie a little shorter time because they showed up late, but still left about their normal time to head up to the Arctic. I wanted to, I wanted to go into that a little bit. I didn't even give much advanced thought to talking about geese, but I'm glad you brought that up because the annual studies of Arctic uh, goose colonies is another thing that has been uh, has basically been halted as a result of the COVID nineteen situations. Those uh, those camps that have been annually occupied for thirty or fifty years. When you look across the Arctic and subarctic, there are no there are no researchers there this year to measure uh, productivity to to uh, look at the size of the colonies to estimate the, the size of the uh, number of breeders in those colonies and and so that's you know that too is a pretty big gap but we can probably try to draw some inferences based on some of the timings that you're talking about here but so it sounds like they they got held up um by some cold weather and and maybe arrived on the prairies a bit later but then but then things, uh, I guess, weather conditions improved, moderated, and then they were actually able to leave and head north around the same time they normally do. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Like usually around that uh, 15th to the 25th is when all our Arctic geese, you know, they usually come and they stage. This is their last agriculture uh, staging area. So they, they bulk up on waste grain here until the very latest or, you know, that they can possibly can before they head to the Arctic to nest. And, uh, 
and numbers were strong. I mean, it seemed it seemed like uh, as far as snow goose numbers were strong, uh, white front numbers. I'm in the western side of Saskatchewan, so we have a, a lot of white fronts and, and Ross's geese as well here. And yeah, numbers seemed strong and uh, didn't know if they, I mean, I guess not knowing what the conditions are up in the Arctic as far as spring thaw goes. It's always a mystery to us down here as to when they all of a sudden hit the switch and go. But they, uh, yeah, it really seemed like last weekend you heard them going all night. At least they weren't delayed getting out of uh, out of the prairies. If they were delayed getting out of the prairies, that might have been, uh, might have foreshadowed uh, lower productivity. Because those birds don't have very much time to pull off a clutch of eggs, raise their broods once they, once they get to the Arctic. So any kind of, you know, pinch on that window is really going to hurt them. So at least, at least they got out of the prairies it sounds like on a normal time frame so uh, we'll just have to we'll have to catch up with some of our other researchers that have studied snow geese for many many years and see what kind of remote assessment of kind of snow conditions and spring thaw conditions they're able to do i know with all sorts of satellites and sensors that we have circling above us now there probably will be some opportunities to look at those data and see what we can, you know, ascertain with respect to conditions uh, lacking people actually being on the ground. Now, we obviously won't be able to enumerate the number of adults and juveniles from the from some of the late summer banding. I think those might have already been been called off. Uh, so we'll we'll have a, a bit of a blind spot there this year. But again, from a population sustainability standpoint, we're not at all worried about that uh, from the the lack of data. It's just. You know, we, People look forward with anticipation to some of these numbers on productivity that are coming out of the uh, some of these uh, breeding studies, and we won't have those this year. But we'll see what kind of inferences we can uh, we can draw just based on remote assessments of, of habitat. And so that gives me something else to think about with respect to reaching out to other people. So appreciate that. Now, I also did want to go back. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up here in just a minute. I've taken up enough of your time. You've given us plenty of great information, Kelly. But I did want to go back briefly and. and touch on coots you mentioned uh, obviously for for everyone we realize coots are not a member of the ducks geese or swans they're actually a member of the rail family we get that but you did mention at the outset that that's a species that probably no one would be interested in but i will i will happily relay that information to uh dr scott yake former chief scientist with uh, ducks unlimited uh i think there's a rumor that he has a soft spot for coots so uh, that's <laughs> i'll relay that information to him and that's always an interesting way to find out who actually listens to the podcast because if he listens to the podcast i imagine he'll send me a nasty gram email here in a few weeks right. so uh it's just a bit of a test yeah but uh, no that that's interesting so it's a, it is a species that not a lot of people pay attention to but it uses many of the same wetlands that or uses uses the wetlands that same wetlands that waterfowl do for sure yeah and 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 they are a real obvious indicator like like even people who don't pay that much attention to to species breakdown everything else they'll still they'll still say to you man there's lots of coots this year or man there's no coots like like they're either here or they're not and and this year they seem to be here and and last year they really weren't so it's just an interesting yeah, I don't have a lot of rationale for why that is, but it's just one of those things that, uh, like we say, we either see them in big numbers or we don't some years, and this year we're seeing them. Yeah, Dr. Todd Arnold. Now, he would if he listens to this, he would get on me for not mentioning him. He actually does have a real true soft spot for coots. He studied them as part one of his uh, one of his graduate programs. I'm not sure if it was his master's or, or his PhD, but uh, he he finds them fascinating from. Uh, 
from an ecological study, evolutionary ecology perspective. So as uh, a shout out to you, Todd, if you're listening to this. But um, anyway, we'll move on from coots now. Uh, that's been fun. And uh, Kelly, any final comments, I think, uh, as we would summarize here, reasonably dry in the prairie south of Saskatoon, better conditions north of there, um, similar, maybe a bit drier than what we saw in Saskatchewan last year. As Scott Stevens mentioned on a previous episode, things can change rapidly if we get a big burst of rain on across the landscape. Now, I don't know what you're seeing in terms of, of forecast, but uh, but things can change, and certainly late uh, late precipitation into you know late spring, early summer can can boost productivity for some of those later nesting species. So. The conditions in the early spring are not the end-all, be-all for what uh, the ducks are going to find and be able to take advantage of, but it's certainly one of the one of the early um, ingredients. So, any other comments, Kelly, that you wanted to leave us with? Well, no, I'll just I'll just expect I'll just expand on that. What you said is we're actually forecast for a lot for at least the central and more into the northern parts of Saskatchewan. We are forecast for. Uh, a two-day rain here that could bring an inch or more, and uh, if if we get an inch of rain, that actually does fill up ephemeral wetlands and and even temporary wetlands. Which you know, as the early nesting species will be on nest now, but lots of your teal and and later nesting won't even be on nest yet. So that'll provide new habitat, and or if mallards are re-nesting and you got new temporaries pop up because of rain. For sure, it, it can add productivity. So, uh, hopeful the forecast is good because our forecast is holds true because we're supposed to get a pretty good two day rain here. So, very good. That is some good news. All right. Well, this will, I'm not sure if this will air by the time that actually happens, but anyway, we will, we'll catch up with you sometime later in the season. So, kind of keep your eyes peeled. I know you will just in general, uh, getting, you know, having a, a good feel for habitat conditions and how they transpire through the summer. We'll catch up with you later on if you're willing to do that. Um, and again, thank you, Kelly, for taking your time to join us. Thank you for the work that you do on the prairies and the work that all of your staff do on the prairies. It's been great talking with you. No, it's been great talking to you. Thanks. Special thanks to our guest on today's show, Kelly Rimple of Ducks Unlimited Canada. He gave us a great report on the state of habitat conditions, early spring habitat conditions in in Saskatchewan. And so we all look forward with anticipation to future reports and how the rest of the spring and summer shape up for waterfowl populations. We also thank our producer, Clay Baird, who does a great job getting these podcasts edited and out to you, our listeners. And of course, our listeners, we appreciate you, your time. We appreciate appreciate you spending that time with us. And most importantly, we thank you for, for your support, passion, and commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. 
Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 